you still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. And this week, we're interviewing a self-proclaimed non-gamer, Pallas Langford. And our rap segment will tell you how we've been geeking out. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Pallas Langford. Pallas, welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here with us today. Very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So tell us a little bit about yourself, um, just in general, before we get into your gaming history. Just in general, Pallas is my name. And um, an interesting tidbit about that is I chose that name, not my family. Really? You know, a lot of horrible things happened in the 60s, and I just eradicated one. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, I work as a software quality assurance analyst for a bank. So, you know, I kind of have earned my little tech cred a little bit, or some people may dispute that, but I don't think so. I'm kind of in the, I've been in the technology field for, I want to say since like 1985. So I've done software development, had several different job types within that field. And that's pretty much it for just me. I'm, you know, hobbies uh, other than gaming. I do the knitting, crocheting, cycling. Sometimes I bake. I can go on a baking binge very, very easily. <laughs> I've been, I've been bordering on that lately myself too. Have you just had some some particular baking cravings, or is this a result of the holidays? It was kind of a result. I didn't get to really bake over the holidays because I had a really ah. bad cold, and oh. I really wanted to make because I I love my I love the Christmas cookies that I make usually, but I felt like if I made them and I gave them to people, I'd be like saying here have this three week long cold yes. <laughs> go away. Merry Christmas. That's a gift for you. Exactly. Yeah. Here's a little gift. <laughs> so I didn't really get my fix for Christmas. So it's been sort of bleeding over into the new year, which, you know, a lot of people are like trying to lose their holiday weight. Uh, and here I am. I'm like, Oh, I made a cake. <laughs> well, Palace, what about you? When you, when you bake it, is it so that you can um, spend time in the kitchen because you want to eat it or because you want to feed people neither none of the above oh <laughs> I mean, really i may i may like to eat it my whole thing is i, I have this fascination with pound cakes which oh. is yeah and so i collect different pound cake um pans as well as recipes oh. so when i find a recipe that looks particularly intriguing i want to make it you know oh. and i may eat it but you know usually since i work in a cube farm i just sort of bring it in and set it out and it disappears it's yeah. magic <laughs> Yeah. Oh, is that the the cream cheese pound cake that was in there recently? No, that wasn't mine. I had oh, okay. really started dragging stuff in because you know how I am at work now. I'm sort of like yeah. a unicorn there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is what happens with me. So my last creation was this pistachio pound cake, and it was awesome. Ooh. I was like, if you have to like pistachios, though, obviously. Right. Yeah. You know, if you don't, then you'll probably be like, ew, revolting. But I loved it. So. I love pound cake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What a Trade great some recipes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, extra fatty cake. What could go wrong? See what I'm I saying? And so, yeah, the stuff that I bake is usually high fat. So yeah. I get it. I do it by spell because obviously I'd be yeah. way more, you know, I'd look like, you know, really like a weeble or something. If, <laughs> yeah. 
So then, you've actually done some software development as well? Yeah, a long time ago. Let's see. Hi, I, I wrote COBOL programs. <gasps> Did you really? Yeah, but I won't say that on my resume because, you know. No. I don't want to do that again. You can't do that. Unless I have to. You know. And you don't want to write COBOL again. No, not really. I really, I found out quickly that um, development for me was, was a little bit of a misfit, mostly because you have requirements and user expectations. And me, I'm like, oh, it's working. You know, what's your problem? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want it to look yeah. pretty? What? Yeah. So I'm a lot better on the other end as far as doing quality assurance and quality control i find that you know i tend to have i tend to break things fairly easily i tend to find weak points fairly easily very easily and you know that just worked out better for me well it's good that you recognize that early too yeah because uh, you can kind of head down a path and be doing something that's you know not pleasant or a bad fit instead of finding something that you find a natural sort of path for you know, development's a great experience for testers oh yeah you know, you, you get to see the pressures that the on the other side of the fence. Mm -hmm. And not only did I do development, I also did um, like infrastructure support, like setting up lands and connections and stuff. And then really? I did technical training. Yeah. So I was a technical trainer as well. So I, I had a well-rounded wow, uh, technology girl. background. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. So, you know, my don't let my girlish good looks fool you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell us a little bit about your gaming history. Gaming history. Now that, um, we kind of talked about this a little. When Rhonda, when it came out, I was discovered as a, as a, as a gamer. When you were discovered as a gamer. Yes, yep. I was when, discovered. When she outed you from the closet? Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, she outed herself. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were having a technical problem at work, and she was like, well, for the love of Krogan. And I was like, screaming right. <laughs> about Krogan's, right? Um, yeah, and she was like, did you just make that up? I'm like, no. <laughs> I, know. I was like do you know what you just said <laughs> what happened there was she explained um your podcast she said oh yeah this is me i'm like oh i've listened to a few episodes of that really and um she presented me with some of the questions uh you all like to ask just to sort of give me a fuzzy you know so you know i wasn't going to walk into like a shock jock interview or right. something like that <laughs> but she wasn't <laughs> that much off me <laughs> anyway um I did a little review of my history because I had not, one of the things that came out was I had never really considered myself a gamer. You know, I had never applied that title to me for a couple of reasons. And um, so I kind of said, well, let me think back. Am I really, do I really fit um, game? And yeah, I do. Because when I think back, um, my first foray into gaming, uh, into electronic gaming, other than board games, card games, mm -hmm. um, happened when my dad brought home um, a Coleco. So that was the first thing. And then shortly after that, we got an Atari. And I remember playing all of the games on the Atari. And I mean, we just loved it. You know, you, you had Pac-Man, you had um, Kaboom was one that I, we oh, really loved. Because Kaboom that was, was one of my favorites. Yes. I love I that mean, game. That and, and that one sticks with me because, you know, that was one of the ones that both my brother and I liked because we both had a little bit different interests in, in some of the games. He liked some of the more race racing type games when they came out. Mm -hmm. And I was more for the puzzle maze type thing. And we would have a challenge mode because we both got really good at Kaboom because we'd right. spend hours down in the basement playing it. So we had a challenge mode where you'd have to blow up your top because you get three buckets. You had, we had to blow up the top two buckets and only have one bucket and see how long we could last. At oh, the wow. Yeah. Wow. And we got pretty far with that. You know, that's, that was pretty funny. That's pretty creative. And that, that's an interesting sort of, uh, 
you know, creating your own challenges, like, oh, the game wasn't, you know, uh, uh, hard enough, so we'll make it harder. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because there was no, on the old Ataris, there was no difficulty setting like we have right. now. Yeah. You know, like oh, normal yeah, mode, yeah. hardcore mode. We don't have, we didn't have that. Right. So, you know, for like Frogger, you have to play with your, with your non-dominant hand. I mean, we would, we would do stuff like that. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, we enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> and your dad was bringing these games home too? Yes. He brought these things home unasked. And we never asked for these. I mean, and it was so weird because dad, my father was an accountant, a bookkeeper. So it's not like he had a really, really like technical career or he was an engineer or anything like that. No. And we were very middle, middle class. So he just one day just, oh, here, I got something for you. <laughs> and he set it up on the TV. And, and, and it kind of tracks when I think about his habits because that was his hobby. He had a strong hobby with, uh, with electronics. Right. Oh, okay. Um, and and I and he would build things. He he was he's I have a lot of his traits. Whereas he would just he seemed to have all these different little hobbies. And sometimes they would get the best of him. Like he'd have uh, he would be scattered and you know spread himself a little too thin amongst his hobbies. But he had a strong thing. He had a strong curiosity about things. I think. And so he brought home this Atari, and that just started everything. And I remember we played through all the Atari games because we even had that Journey game because Journey was big then. I don't know if you remember that one. We had oh. to get the band to the to the to the concert and dodge all oh, the stuff that no, came down. Oh no, you're kidding! And I don't played, remember that. Oh my what? god, it played "Don't Stop Believing." Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had that, and Pitfall was a big one. Oh, I loved Pitfall. Yeah, you know, I loved and it. that was yeah, you know, that was cool because we were like, oh, that was that was a big deal because oh, you could go backwards, you know. Mm -hmm. Remember the game with side scroll and push you, so if you didn't move fast enough you could actually die yeah. in some games because the, the the screen would scroll you off of whatever ledge you were on right right yeah. so we had that and then he brought home one of the first nintendos and we didn't even realize what a big deal this was he just brought it home and it was the one that had the robot with it with the gyroscopes and most people i talked to have never don't even remember this because that robot didn't last long it wasn't very effective um in in the gaming thing mm -hmm. but it worked with a um, Mario and Luigi type uh, game where when they got to certain things, you could use the robot depending on which gyroscope he had in his hand to open the pipe level so that the, you know, the little dude could get through. Oh, yeah, I've but, never heard of this. So it was kind of like an assist for things going yes. on in the game. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. But it was weird because if the robot wasn't on a completely stable surface surface or if, or if it wasn't level, the gyroscopes wouldn't work. So we had to kind of hand do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd have, you know, we'd be there. Yeah, it was weird. But we didn't play that game much. Ever. <laughs> that's pretty wild, though. I mean, that's like your your early version of Connect. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that. I was also thinking of the Wii U with um, yeah. how you use the the pad as like an assisting character sometimes. So, oh, yeah, yeah, to kind of well, help you out. It was it was Nintendo that did this. So, huh. so they definitely had they definitely had been working toward this as, as early as the eighties. Huh. 80s early night yeah so i remember playing oh so many titles on that you know basically super mario's 3 is the big one that stands out because that was like a, a one of the biggest games that came out it hit, the worlds were so large and i yeah. remember you know, the snow world mm -hmm. frost world 5 you know we mm -hmm. had our favorite worlds and um we did competition on super mario's 3 as well we would make up <laughs> our own things like how fast can you clear this world um challenge world on a world you don't like you know, somebody else's favorite world, we'd compete, things like that. And I do remember, um, maybe like 85 or so, I um, 
after about a year in the university, I joined the military. I was in the army and I was stationed at uh, Fort Belvoir, Virginia, which is, you know, six hours or so away from Long Island, New York, where my family was. And I remember coming home for a weekend pass. I mean, that entire weekend with my brother and his friends, we played just we played World Traveler and Super Mario's, I think, the entire weekend. And I remember basically my entire meal pattern was uh, Nodos and Joke Cola the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Stayed up the entire weekend. And I remember having to drive back. And um, that was and, – and so, you know, when I started thinking about those things, you know, I kind of sort of started thinking, why did I tell Rhonda that I wasn't a gamer? Because <laughs> – Clearly there's a history here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Nodos so, and Jolt's a dead giveaway, I'm afraid. You know, and, you know, don't let me get into those red Twinkies. You know the one I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, the Zingers. That's what Zingers. I remember Zingers, yeah. Okay. The coconut and the, yeah. they're revolting. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're absolutely disgusting, but I remember but them. They taste great with Jolt. I mean, if you have them with Jolt, <laughs> man. Yeah, I remember making That's the... That's some hardcore gamer food right there. Or <laughs> Red Bull, so we had to make our own, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, and I remember making the mistake of, uh, I remember... Fast forwarding to my adult, so-called adult years in in my uh, early, late mid to late twenties, when I had a job at a at a corporation where I was doing uh, land support, and I was building a server, and I had to stay up, so I got a pack of red zingers and a jolt. <laughs> and, um, they sent me home because <laughs> I, I was basically sticking to the ceiling. <laughs> oh, got a lot done, but you know. <laughs> In a very manic way, I'm sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. With a little steam coming out of your ears, perhaps. Yeah. Well, now were it, you were you able to game very much while you were in the service? Well, I did actually. Um, I actually got a one of those little portable TVs, you know, a little five inch screen, black and white. And I got my Nintendo from the house because we had two, and I hooked it up to that. And I remember playing <laughs> Castlevania because you know I hadn't finished it. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna finish Castlevania, and. My roommate. That's dedication, man. Yeah, that is seriously so five-inch black and white screen. <laughs> yes. That's... You know, with rabbit ear antenna. This is not digital. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. I remember those things. <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. I remember the TV was purple. The case was purple. Oh. Yeah, fashion. So yes, stylish. <laughs> yeah, so I remember still during the military when I got stationed in Germany in our break room. At this point, this is like in the nineties now. Our um, commanding officer, he, he put in a large screen TV and a, a Nintendo. So, you know, we had to sign up. Us guys, we had to sign up to use it, but he, he kitted us out. So we were in there playing. And, you know, they had at that point, a lot of the sports games came out with wrestling, boxing mm-hmm. and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. um, Mike Tyson's punch out. Boom. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. 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 I remember one um, guy in my um, unit, he actually had his own Nintendo in his in his barracks room. And I remember him staying up nights trying to beat Mike, Pike, Mike Tyson. <laughs> actually kind of funny. And that was during a time I wasn't playing so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, fast forward to now, you know, it was kind of funny. I'm looking and I realized the, the things that I've played. I, ha- I do have Xbox 360 that's currently hooked up. I have a Wii, and I found under the balls of yarn in the back room is the actual working Nintendo. So I'm going to dust that off and hook that puppy oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I just say, there's nothing quite like playing those games again. Yeah. 
like they're just the, the nostalgia factor alone, but but really going back and seeing what design was like back then compared to now. Yes, it's really cool. But I still yeah, love and it's kind of shocking too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you bought me a, a retro um, anniversary edition of Miss. Yes. Regina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It was, and it was funny because I'm like going through it and I'm like, wow, I remember playing Mist and thinking it was the most beautiful game I had ever yes. played. Like it was. Well, just, it was. It was. Time. Yeah. At that time, it was, it really was like, you know, the high end graphic. And I remember, you know, you had to have a good Mm -hmm. video card and you had to make sure you had enough memory to play it and blah 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 and I'm looking and it downloaded on Steam in like 30 seconds (laughs) Mm. you know because it doesn't have anything (laughs) compared to what Mm. you know uh, what other games you play now have in terms of the way you interact with graphics and uh, and then I'm looking at them and I'm like wow we've really come we've really come a long way it's still pretty it's still got a lot of you know uh visual interest to it but it's just it's 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 interesting to compare (laughs) yeah so you've got the xbox and you've got the wii so what are you playing on xbox um i well one of the things that i'm doing now is i'm going back through mass effect um this i went through the whole series now i'm back in three and i did that because i originally rolled um, a sentinel and then an adept and i found out there are some things that happen in certain areas with engineers that you can that you can see and i i missed that so what i'll end up doing is probably playing through all of the classes is that that's what i see happening so I'm, right yeah. now i'm on engineer so you're um, going to go through the whole game in every class you can play in it yeah I know. Little no, little I'm, I'm not critiquing. I'm, I'm, I'm in awe, actually. It's, you know, it's kind of like Star Trek, you know, to boldly go, yeah, yeah. this is my five-year mission I'm going to go through. <laughs> well, it's funny well, because I've been thinking about going back and replaying through the entire series, mm-hmm. but for an entirely different reason. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I didn't even know how much different the game would be um, depending on the class and stuff that you picked. Mm-hmm. I just think the franchise... Even though, you know, got complaints about the ending of number three and all that, it's still, it's an incredible franchise. I agree. Yeah. And for the most part, I thoroughly enjoy um, Mass Effect. And in fact, how I got into that particular um, franchise was Mass Effect 3 came out. And and you know what? I had just bought an Xbox 360 because what happened was I actually had an older Xbox, which I didn't play much. You know, for some reason, because I had, okay, there was a period of time where I did PC um, MMO gaming, uh, World of Warcraft and such. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't done much console. And um, I'd gotten the Xbox 360 last year. And Mass Effect 3 came out. And I got it, played partway through, realized I couldn't romance Garrus, and just went back and got the other two games. That's what, <laughs> happened. That's what happened. It's like, whoa, you know. And then I ended up with um, the other Bioware titles, Dragon Age mm-hmm. and such. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I kind of played through those. So right now I'm doing Mass Effect 3. I had just started, okay, yeah, this is kind of campy, but I like these little games. Um, Lego Heroes. Oh, I love the Lego games. Yeah, they're awesome. They're so much fun. Yeah. Hulk smash. I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hulk smash. I love it. The little Iron Man. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, so I was playing that, and I'm, I, I chronically play Borderlands, okay? You know, that's like my thing. So, you know, Borderlands 1, I rolled Brick, <laughs> the Berserker. Really? Then, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, anybody who's known me over a period of time, that catchphrase when he 
when he does an ex- especially impressive kill and he says, <laughs> dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were soulmates on that. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you just walked into my bullet. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sacrificing. You hear those um, catchphrases so often when you're playing Borderlands, you you end up picking them up and saying them all day long. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. stick with you. They definitely do. Well, what I really loved with Borderlands Two is all the little shout outs. I mean, um, oh yeah, the psychos they 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 scream out, "I am the one who knocks from um, um, Breaking Bad." Heisenberg. Oh man, I I totally got into that. I like the little Easter eggs that they have in there. They have Marauders. Shout out to Mass Effect 3. I mean, they even kind of look like the little Turian Marauder thing. And um, I initially rolled um, Gage in that. And, you know... That was the Necromancer, right? Necromancer. I kind of liked that one, but I really enjoy the Psycho play. I don't know. Oh, I didn't get the the Psycho build. I never got a chance to play that. But my friends who were playing it really enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Check it out. (laughs) Don't say poop drain. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it really is, and and I think my third one I had because yeah, you know what's going to happen. I'm probably going to play through all the classes on this one too. Luckily, they're less than um. <laughs> um, is the Gunzerker? Yeah, kind of like yeah. that one. That one's that one is like the straight up build. I would say I would recommend to people just starting. I think. Oh yeah, Zerker dude. Yeah, I would agree because it's a. I, I think. Um, there's not a there's not a lot of f- finesse involved <laughs> with a gunzerker build. You just kind of go in and bash whatever's in your way. So yeah, yeah, that that makes it a little easier to get into, I think. Right. Okay. Well, we have to go back though because you mentioned wow. Yes, you did. Oh, yeah. So oh, I wasn't gotta... gonna let that go. Don't worry. Because yeah. <laughs> if she's playing all the classes in uh, Mass Effect and going back and doing Mass Effect one through three to do all the classes. I'm wondering yeah. how many classes in WoW you tried. <laughs> I, I all of them. All really. of them. <laughs> yeah, I had Altitus. I had one main. I originally rolled um, the the Alliance Druid, you know, Night Elf, and it was originally specced as a Feral Druid. Mm-hmm. And I quickly learned that I just don't have the patience to be a tank. So I ended up um, being a healer, Resto, and I did very well at that. You know, so that was like my top, my first, my main, my first tune that I leveled all the way up to the top level, right? And took rating and all that other business. Right. Um, but then, you know, that begs the So if Druid healing was this way, how did priest healing work? How did poly healing work? How did chamois healing? You know, so I ended up mm. initially rolling these other classes um, to figure out the differences, to see the differences between healing styles. Oh, interesting. So you yeah. started with one sort of class uh, mechanic that you were attracted to and then went mm. through all the different options you had for that. Yeah. Game style. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. then it, 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 it got worse. Then I had to be like, well, what is it like on the Horde side? So at one point, oh, wow. you couldn't have Horde and Alliance characters on the same server on the same account. I think you can do that now. Yeah. So I had another account. And then, you know, I started. It, yeah, it's like the kids. Don't let that go by. She, you had a second account? I had two accounts in WoW. <laughs> I did. So it, it, how, how, well, how, the maximum number of tunes that you had? Mm, on the same server? No, across both, both across across servers and across accounts. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, because <laughs> you have to understand. Okay, tunes that I kind of kept because I did have some test tunes that I would put on other servers to kind of see if I like that server better. Uh huh. So you oh, know, okay. I have a, I have quite a few. That I have makes about, sense. 
10 abandoned tunes that I just okay. made and, and kind of played on other servers, but tunes that I kept, um, 10, 15, 20. No, I maxed them out. 20. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I had about 20 tunes. And so, you know, not to think that I tried to play all of them regularly. I had three that were really main tunes, which would be the resto druid. I had a resto chamois that I had leveled up and then it was a, a resto priest. So you liked resto a lot. <laughs> well, once I got good at the resto druid, mm-hmm. I figured that is something I understand the mechanics of healing. Yeah. And, and, and okay. So it fit my personality better because if you think about it, you know, I'm a person that I will try to observe and see what's going on and try to um, apply whatever it is I need to do at the place that it's most needed. Whereas a tank has to be like kind of in your face. You do seem need to have the same type of situational awareness as a mm-hmm. tank. Yeah. But you're getting hit in the face all the time. Right. Yeah. You know? So I found that distracting because I am one that's really like, oh, look at that bird, you know? So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it worked better for me to be um, a healer because I had a little bit more reaction time. Mm-hmm. In, in some of the dungeon mechanics type thing. So if something spawned underneath me, it seemed to me I had a little bit more yeah. time to move or, or, or make a decision, which may not necessarily be the case in reality. But for me, that's how it, you know, how it had appeared. How it worked. Yeah. 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 And that's the way that's the way I prefer my characters to be. I, I can't have things in my face all the time. And when you said um, resto, are you talking about restoration? Yes. Restoration yeah. would be restoration. OK. Restoration. Yeah. 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 That's weird. I, I hadn't heard that before. Okay. It's, a, right. it's well, basically the healing trees for all those yeah. different classes. Okay. So for, for a druid and shaman, and then priest is like, yeah, restoration. Well, priest was discipline and holy. Yeah, and holy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I rolled a, That was the last, the last thing that I had done before I quit. Wow, I quit before Pandaria came out because um, I wasn't spending any more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. On WoW at that point. And um, I am still tempted to go back because I have not been able to commit to another MMO. So I I still always kind of have this in the back of my mind. Like if I ever do want to get into an MMO again, I will probably just go back to WoW, which makes me kind of sad at the same time. (laughs) It's a a very unique world. It's a very unique um, game. Yeah. I've played other MMOs, just about all of them. I played mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings online. I've played Age of Conan, Aeon Rift, um, Star Wars, Eve. Um, you you played Guild Eve? Wars? Yeah. Really? You know, mm-hmm. just to see the difference, and that's a very different. Mindset that is a very different that. game. That is and, a very you know, different game. Yeah. Eve, I had to quit because I could see that that one would consume me for a different reason. Because that's like a more spreadsheet-oriented and detail-oriented oh, yes. game. <laughs> it is the, the spreadsheet I, game. Yes. I would have ended up with a friggin' pivot table, and I just couldn't do that. <laughs> that'd have been like a job for me, you know. And and I knew how I got sucked into WoW for mm-hmm. a very different reason. But I was like, I had to quit. I quit Eve after the first month because of that. I just knew. Yeah. Once I started really advancing in that, I would never let that one go. Yeah. Well, that's that's what happens, I think, from a, a lot of people who end up playing that game. And you want to talk about people who have multiple accounts? Yeah. Eve players have multiple accounts. Oh, yeah. That's oh. like the big thing for Eve players. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So are you still playing WoW, Palace? No, I quit a while ago. Right after Mist of Pandaria, I think I leveled I leveled up my main to like 89. The cap went to 90, I think, at that point. And then I just said I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, it was consuming a lot of time. I had, a, I had actually, well, after some missteps with guilds, I had actually ended up in one that was with some people that 
were were good good people i considered you know they understood the boundaries of elect friendship over electronic medium as opposed to actually really knowing somebody mm, yeah and um it, you know but at that point i was just tired i think <laughs> and yeah i just you know so that that's actually when i bought the xbox 360 because i was like it's a lot simpler in in some oh. uh aspects yeah yeah, it's it's a you know plug and play. It's it's not mm-hmm. quite as uh, especially when you get into the high end content and wow, and you're mm-hmm. talking about raids that are coordinating twenty people's schedules and you know the only time I ever did a raid like that was when they implemented the raid finder because my oh lord my I know which was a nightmare. I was part of the nightmare on the first time I ran the raid because I didn't know anything about it, so I didn't know the mechanics of what I was supposed to be doing on the fight, and I have all these people yelling at me, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was new and it was the first time I ran it. But um, that was the only time I ever ran a really big raid because the guild that I was in, we had we barely we had to fight to keep like ten people in it, so. Right. Yeah. We never managed to have enough people to go do those, you know, on our own. So. Yeah, and, and I see that. I mean, I, I kind of I understand why they why Blizzard implemented the raid finder tool and the the basically make a raid for ten and twenty five mm-hmm. because of that. If you're with a smaller guild or if you're not gilded, you know, that's a way for you to experience the higher end content. Right. But the people, you know, the community. Again, it's one of those situations you run into where you have a lot of people who may have a lot of experience that also queue for that, and there's no tolerance for people that are coming in new. Right. For people who are should, learning, yeah. Yeah, they think you should have done hours worth of research by watching the videos um, online before mm-hmm. entering the raid. And I'm like, you know, not everybody can do that, and this is what this tool is for. Well, not everybody can do that, and as far as I'm concerned, that sometimes kills the joy of the discovery in the game. Yeah, it would for me. I want to go in and I want to experience this as it's happening. I don't want to be told I need to go, you know, view a video to know know exactly what's going to happen. That kills the, the fun of you know of doing it. So, well, not everybody can learn from watching a video. Exactly that too. Yeah, you can watch it and actually see what's going to happen, but in the midst of having to do, you have a job. Right. Whether you're tank, DPS, or, or healer, you have right. a job. So in the midst of doing your job, you may not pick up on that mechanic, or right. it may not be well portrayed in that video. Right. And, and the, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say those videos. Sometimes you you have to be able to interpret. I mean, yeah. you know, if you mm. if you're not yeah. watching someone who is, you know, we had a YouTuber who does fantastic videos for um, Orcs Must Die to Nanania on YouTube, and but she explains to you. Before, you know, she's setting up and she's getting ready to play. She explains to you everything she's doing and why she's doing it. Mm-hmm. So you know what she's doing. Most of the, you know, raid videos that I'd looked at for WoW are just people recording them. And they're not narrating and explaining, okay, we're doing this at this point for this reason and that kind of stuff. It's just like, oh, you'll figure it out. And it's like, well, that's just not really helpful. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's now there's a there's a whole bunch of people, bunch of, um, there are some good people that actually put out some, Ali, Eliana was one, the priest on the Horde side, she put out a lot of videos that were very good for rating mm-hmm. from a healing perspective, and I used to watch her videos, um, because she would narrate, narrate and explain what she was doing, yeah. why I'm here, why did I run over here, what right. happened here, oh, I die, here's what happened, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And that helped, even though she was she rolled a priest and I was a druid. It, you know, you still get the basic she, yeah, idea. Yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah. how to do your healing on top of what's going on in the well, the raid yeah. mechanic itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but I just I just have a you know I have issue with 
not having a tolerance for novice coming in. Yeah, it's I agree. It's something that's built for a novice. Yeah, I agree. I, I get it that, you know, if you have somebody come in and pretends to be the, an expert and they act like they know what they, they're supposed to be doing and yeah. then they turn out to be a novice, I agree there's, there's reason for anger there. But if somebody comes in and they're just learning and they may not have their stuff gemmed properly or their enchantments might be wrong, you know, there's a lot of reasons why that might happen. Right. They might yeah. not have enough money for a high end enchantment. They may not have the mats for stuff and they're trying to learn. And so, you know, you as a as another person that's participating in this, you have to realize when you're using something that's like a random thing, a, a dungeon finder or, or, or mm -hmm. a base finder, that's what happens. Right. And so if you don't want to participate, you can leave. You don't have to berate that person. Exactly. Well, and that was exactly the experience I had in I actually talked about it in the, in the dissertation that the random dungeon finder sort of took the internet FWAD theory to, you know, its height because not only did you have the anonymity of being in a, in game, you're not even on the same server with the people that you're insulting yeah. and you're berating. So the chances that you're going to run into them again, you know, you're playing against the world of world of Warcraft, which, you know, at the time I was playing was 10 million, you know, right. subscriptions, you, you know, chances you're going to run across those people again are, are really slim. So you, you know, the responsibility to be, you know, a human being <laughs> goes right. out the window <laughs> instead, you know, and I had tons of experiences because I didn't know what I was doing the first time I gemmed my, my equipment. I didn't know you were supposed to be picking out gems that, you know, boosted your abilities. And I had rogue gems and I was a warlock Ooh. and somebody linked it to me and they're like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, clearly. And I thought it was funny. And I, you know, and he's like, well, and then they boot, he tried to boot me out of the, the dungeon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And no, nobody backed him up on it. And, you know, they let me stay. But, you know, then he just kept he dismissed me for the whole rest of the dungeon. So that's see, but but he didn't take the additional step to say, you know, here's what you should have. Exactly. Exactly. Like just just a moment that said, well, you know, you're a warlock and you should be doing I think it was what intelligence or something like that. Um, yeah. should have been more, you know, your gem should have been like this instead of like this, you know, something that would have given me the information I needed that I didn't have. So yeah, or even just to say, you know, they're, they're depending on when you were playing, you know, ask Mr. Robot, you can go to some, they had tools where you can go and put in and it'll, they'll let you know what you need to gem for and mm -hmm. how you, what your enchantments and stuff, right? You can download your profile into that. Oh, and see, it'll that tell you what you need then. to upgrade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when we started raiding, I found these tools. Right. But when I first started, one, they didn't exist. Ask Mr. Robot didn't exist. And then um, when it did exist, you know, it was like, okay, you know, I'm not really raiding yet. I'm going to try for this stuff. But mm -hmm. some of this gear you can only get in, in a raid, you know. Exactly. Once you've, getting, you've gotten to a certain level of play. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, Palace, you've obviously rolled a lot of characters. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you predominantly choose female characters when you're creating your avatars? Mm, no. I mean, I kind of do because that's my f I get if I have a choice, that's my first. But I have this thing where I kind of make up backgrounds and origins for my characters if one's mm. not provided. So I, I want the character to fit what I think, you know, the what story I that you're making up. Yeah, mm -hmm. what I made up in my head about him. So, you know, so for example, in the World of Warcraft instance, I had a, a mix of male and female characters. And makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so one of my paladins was, yeah, one of my paladins, okay. <laughs> was, uh, you know, Alliance Paladin, he had a buzz cut and square jaw, you know, big oven mitt hands, you know. So, cool. yeah, so that's what kind of works for me. Now, I would love 
for more developers and game producers to 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 provide the opportunity to be female and to be less homogenized mm-hmm. in, yeah. in their look because something like Borderlands, I tend to pick the heads and skins that are, are you know pr- provide some interest to me, you know that are that are a little bit different, you know something like that or or um, Mass Effect, you know my shepherd was a femme shep, and she's she tends to look very ethnic because you know the the two default sheps. I, I like how they look, but that's a very small subset of the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like that, or that can just have an immediate affinity to, to that look. Right. And but the, go ahead, Rhonda. I was just going to ask her to step through how she um, mm-hmm. created her femme shop. Um. In in what way? You mean like when I the the appearance? Oh, like with hairs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agonized over the hair the most. <laughs> I don't know why. And and. I, I kind of hate Bioware for this because they, they gave such a limited option for hair there. And I, I was like, why? I know, compared you know? to all the options, yeah. that, that, I mean, you, the, you know, the height of the jaw, the, the depth of the mm-hmm. jaw, the, you know, nope. all of this, and then yeah. the limited number of hair. So that was really surprising, yeah. Yeah, it freaked me out. And then, so I was like, mm. so I tend to... I just for that for that case I just selected the hair that I liked the most because like the female hairs I thought weren't as flattering as they could have been. Yeah. I think. You know I didn't go for the buzz cut though I kind of thought about it, but you know the way they do female Shep's head I don't like the way it looks bald. So you know it was bothering me and and, and, and he went, yeah you know it's like an aesthetic thing. So yeah. so my Shep is female but she's. She's very ethnic looking. She's, you know, African-American kind of looking femship because that's what I had. And, and, and they don't have very many. Um, Emmy is kind of different because they I think from what I understand, they basically had the same script with very little modification. And they both gave it to um, Jennifer Hale and Mark and just said, here, read this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was cool because, you know, they at least recognized that they could have a female character. But yeah. I'd like to see more of that, like the option mm-hmm. to just be able to pick that. It's not that I'll pick a female every time, you know, but I'd like to see that because not everybody looks. At, one of the things I liked about it's another Bioware product, um, Star Wars, the Old Republic, is you can make very, very frail looking characters or, or very portly looking characters. And you can do more body shapes. And they did have more different hairs there. So when I rolled the bounty hunter on that system, you know, she had big, you know, long dreadlocks and stuff. It was cool. Yeah, that's she, one of the things I loved about Star Wars. I actually really wanted to play that game more, but something about it always gave me a headache. So Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard to keep going back and trying to play it. <laughs> one of the things that gave me, and I complained about this when I did the beta testing, you know, the open beta for it, uh-huh. was like their, a lot of their um, their color palette, they would do yeah. like a, a, a dark blue on a light blue with a glow. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of us, you know, nerd likes out here that are visually challenged already. Right. That's just promoting eye strain. They didn't really fix it. So apparently that's part of their world. But that's one of, that's a very minor reason. But that's one of the reasons I quit. Oh, you know, wow. That one. I don't think I've heard that before. Yeah. I, I, I don't wonder if that was part of what was going on. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but I opened an account when it was, um, when it became free for the first uh, or no, I guess it, it did eventually become free, but I, I got a trial. A friend of mine was playing it and really wanted me to play. Mm-hmm. And I played it and I, I half an hour in every headache. time mm-hmm. I would have a headache. And I was like, wow. I can't play this game. I don't know what it is about this. And I changed my screen settings and I changed mm-hmm. my 
um, my uh, uh, number of frames per second to get to the highest I could get on my computer because, you know, sometimes lag with that will cause headaches. Nothing. It just always gave me a headache. So I was like, I really want to like and play this game, but I can't. Know, yeah. It hurts us. <laughs> and it was a nasty behind the eyeballs yes. headache. You know, it, it was wasn't eye strain. Like, that's eye strain. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I had to, yeah, I quit that. Yeah, you know? I did that for the same reason. I was like, I, you know, I would love to try this, but I can't get, you know, half and half an hour in an MMO is like, I don't know, what, nothing. Very <laughs> yeah. You know, see, the deal with that is there was no bank. The storyline was cool on some of the different mm -hmm. characters that you could roll. But at the, the end game, they hadn't implemented that yet. Right. So there was no real incentive to struggle through and get into rating. Right. Because there was nothing to do yet. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. none. So, you know, I, I, I think I actually did level, at least get to the end of the Bounty Hunter story and partway through the, the Sith Lord story. Yeah. I did have multiple characters on of that. Of course you did. <laughs> um, but after that, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I, I would get nauseous yeah. after a while. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I read you. <laughs> And I think well, um, Aeon was that way, too. I didn't play Aeon, so I don't remember. But I don't, or I don't know. I don't know from that. But um, I was just curious because um, you mentioned that you got the Xbox last year. And you've talked about WoW and some other multiple online games. Have you ever encountered any, besides the trolling, have you encountered any type of complications online simply because you're a woman? Oh, you Xbox think that live wise, you mean either one? Because I, I, you haven't mentioned any type of the interactions, how well uh, oh, playing yeah. live on Xbox has gone. Um, I tend to stay away from it. I mean, I've, I've okay. I dabbled in it. I've done Gears of Wars and that community is, is fierce. I mean, uh, that was the the first uh, time I had ever gotten a voice text from somebody that I didn't know where he wanted to just curse me out for not doing something that he thought I was supposed to do in the game. And mm. this was a situation where I was a new player to the game. And you can kind of tell in Gears of War because the character you bring in doesn't have very many awards or anything. And you have a point. I think it's like a point system, kind of like Call of Duty, where you have a, like a kill percentage and stuff like that. You can read the stats and tell that if a player has, has some experience or not. And um, in this situation, he was, was, sent me a very F-bomb-laced um, voice text Jeez. message, which he had to go out of the game and find me to do. Um, because he felt that I had let him bleed out and die in this game. And from my point of view, you know, I'm like, dumbass, if you would stop moving, I could press the X button and revive you, but you keep crawling away from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so of course he died, you know? Right. And, you know, I had to figure out how to do it too, because, um, a Mass Effect revive and a Borderlands revive is different from yes. <laughs> Gears of War. The, the button's different, so I had to, like, yeah. actually get the paddle to do it. It was it was strange. Yeah, you have to run through all your different buttons to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so it wasn't intentional. But so there's uh, not any particular um and I'm try I'm not trying to dig something up here. I don't want my I don't want the audience to think that. Uh I, I'm just doing a fact finding thing. Um as far as any particular type of this trolling that you think happened to you because you're a woman. See, well, here's the thing. I don't think many people knew that I was a female, you know, like in that case. Yeah, I, I, I don't talk on Xbox Live. I mean, in, and even in WoW, I had some things where people might have assumed that I was a girl. But I mean, I think they might have thought 
that I was a guy with a girl avatar and that by calling me a girl, they were insulting you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, you know, twisted in a way. It's like, oh, absolutely. So, you know, the worst thing in your mind to, to call somebody in the game is a girl. And it's like, please, you wouldn't be here without a female. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that's the only way you can get into this, this plane of existence, folks, is through a woman. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. You know? So, I don't, I mean, well, we can talk about guild relations. You know, I did have some really strange instances where I was in one guild and, you know, you start talking on vent and stuff and people, you know, quickly kind of figure out that you're female. And I remember my, my, the guild experience where, <laughs> okay, so one of the guild masters, I find out, I, I, I guess I logged on enough where I was trustworthy enough to be an officer. So I'm on vent and I find out that this one guild master they had basically started the guild because they were having an affair with the other guild master oh. and it was married. And this is the only way that they could talk to each other. Oh yeah. See, <laughs> wow. You know, this is an interesting wow story. I yeah. mean, people, people get on wow for a lot of different reasons. There are <laughs> lots of motivations. <laughs> yeah, And I'm like, okay, so, you know, the NSA and the CIA monitoring us and then, you know, the mob putting hits out on us, <laughs> people through, through, um, wow, it's not enough. We got, this story. This is, a, <laughs> this is a Jerry Springer slash Maury Povich special. <laughs> so she just tells me this unsolicited. And, you know, so I'm like, oh, okay. You know, y- you try to keep cool because this is somebody who you have some familiarity with because you're playing with them in, in, a, in a game setting, which is a fake yeah. world. Mm-hmm. But they're telling you some real life stuff. Right. And it's like, we don't really know each other that well. We're, right. We're, we're online buddies. We hang out because we play well together online, not because, right. you know, and um, it kind of degenerated after that, because I think what happens when people suddenly realize that they um, have disclosed something very personal to somebody that they don't really know is they want to distance themselves. And some people do that in, a, in an odd kind of way. You know, they might manufacture a way to break up. Mm hmm. So, yeah, hmm. so that's what happened. And, you know, that was one of the instances where I kind of took a break from playing WoW, then logged back on. And then I had that message flashed across my screen saying, your guild has moved to another server. Really? Wow. <laughs> oh, <man>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot to go through, especially if, you know, you have multiple characters and you move to another server. That's Oh, yeah, you have to pay the fee for moving. You have to deal. pay for each character you move. So. Each character, plus each character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's not a small commitment. So yeah. somebody's guilt really got the best of them. <laughs> well, it was, it was more over. I think there were other reasons why this actually happened. The, the mm-hmm. reason given was there was another altercation or, or disagreement with another guild member that happened while I was on break. Mm. And, and then uh, they just decided that I'm taking my guild and I'm moving. I can't right. be on the same server as that person, you know? Well, so. I'm curious. We've we've gotten a, a really good. Um, you see why I thought Palace was interesting, Regina? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait when she was talking. I was like, "Oh my god, we got to have her on the show." Um, <laughs> did you take the um, gamer quiz on our website, Palace? I did, and, and- see. I got um I got like a combination. It was it 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 edged out with mastery, I think, but I I got pretty high scores in RPG role playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. could see a mix as you were talking. 
I, I see a lot of mastery, especially when you're talking about creating yeah. your own challenge modes in Atari games, um, you know, and, and having to best and going back through to make sure you've seen all of everybody's experience in Mass Effect and each class and all that. Yeah, comparing the classes, that, that's, that was... Yeah. yeah, yeah, I see a lot of mastery in that. But then you were also talking about having backstories, so I can see that there being mm-hmm. kind of a balance between the two of those. Yeah, definitely. And when when you, when you saw the results of the quiz, what did you what did you think that you're like, oh, yeah, did it make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I thought that was a pretty good. I mean, I didn't, you know, I just picked, of course, the answers that I thought fit. And, yeah, that came out. It was close. Yeah, it's we don't get very many mastery gamers on the show. So it's really, really cool to actually talk to a mastery gamer. Yeah, see, I, I mean, that's your your title for it. But for me, I'm just like, I just need to know. I'm just that curious. I need to know what happens. You know, what happens I next? I'm the kid. What it. happens next? What happens next? You know, I'm that kid. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. you know, we're, I, I've, I've told this to Rhonda, and I think we were just talking about this might have been last episode, um, that I, you know, I'm a story slut. I, I will watch a movie that I hate, like I could be halfway through it and, but cause I have to know the end of it or I will keep reading a book even if I'm not enjoying it because I have to know how the story ends. And it's that same kind of thing. Like I have to know the completion of this. Uh, well, I'm kind of that, but I will take a shortcut. Like if it's a big book uh-huh. and I'm like, like in the middle, <laughs> I will read the end first. And if I don't like the ending, I'm not going to read the rest of those pages. <laughs> I should have done that. There was a John Irving book. I can't remember which one it was that I was reading. And I had loved uh, The World According to Garp and Cider House Rules and others of his, but this was a newer one. Mm-hmm. And I hated, the, I hated the characters. I hated the story. And it was like seven or 800 pages. And I oh, went gosh. through all of that book. And I was like, Ugh. and it only got interesting. It was literally the last 75 pages of the book that was finally like, oh, this is the only part of this book that's been See? worthwhile. See what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I I used to be that way. Yeah. I really like yeah. you. I had to read it. But see, I figured out some shortcuts like, OK, so everybody you know, a lot of people in my circle, because I read a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying, hey, you got to read Game of Thrones. I hated that book. <laughs> Absolutely oh. hated it. You know, it was like a cast of thousands of characters. Yeah. And I couldn't, I didn't like any of them. They made really stupid decisions all the time. <laughs> and, you know, I found, you know, I created a whole new F bomb language reading that book. You know, so I read, I read the first book because I usually commit to at least in a series reading the first book because that's usually the setup. Yeah. And yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, it's like, I'm done. Yeah. Well, I was trying to read that while I was watching the show. And the second season of the show is in the second book. And I kept getting so confused. (laughs) Yeah. Going between the stories that I because I changed just enough of it. And they were telling things in a different order than it was done in the book. And I couldn't tell what was coming. So I just stopped. Mm -hmm. And I also made the mistake of buying it. I bought four of the books as one group on my Kindle. Yeah, me too. And 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 then it was I felt like it was a never ending story, you know, like I could I was, you know, through the first book and I'm 10, you know, 6% through (laughs) what I'm supposed to be reading. And I'm like, oh, I can't handle this. (laughs) Delete. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm definitely going to take your advice, Palace, because I'm reading a book like that right now. And I just the for me, it's not that um, I have to know how it ends. I'm a completionist. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very much like you were saying, I have to try them all 
It's very OCD. But mm-hmm. the book I'm reading right now, I just don't, it's like, I don't see any happy ending whatsoever. I'm not sure it's worth that I continue my investment. So I'm going to read the end. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do tonight. Yeah. Skip to the last chapter and yep. see what you yep. think. It's the, it's the sunk cost theory. You don't need to invest more time after you've invested time that wasn't good. Just yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to start looking into doing that too. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll try it out and see how it goes. Life hack from Palace. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It'll be a growth period for me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Let's page. (laughs) Well, I think we've got one uh, last question. It's our our, uh, standard question. Yeah, it's the big one. So, um, and uh, we kind of talked a little bit, and you you hit a little bit on this when you talked about how. you denied your gamer status, Palace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in denial. Yeah, so how would you define a gamer? Well, okay, so my definition would be simple, would be someone who plays and enjoys games. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, that title has, you know, connotations, you know, of the, you know, underwashed, antisocial, addictive person that's, you know, playing a game. There's that. Right. And then there's a, there's a sort of a stigma of... Um, Games like this are only for juveniles. Mm-hmm. You know, people must be somewhat immature or have no life if they play. The- I've got a life. I mean, I actually go outside occasionally. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, just never when it's sunny because, you know, the sun's trying to kill me. Um, but, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, see? But, you know, so there's that. And then, you know, I have my own personal little things in there where I don't tend to define myself by things that I do. Mm. So I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a knitter or I'm a baker because, you know, I like to bake, I like to knit, you know, I like to cycle, I like to read, that kind of thing. So I like the game, I like to play games. Right. So that's kind of where the roots of my denial. I see. From, so know. it was more about just the, yeah. the means of classification in general, not not gamer as a term, just you sort of eschew those kinds of terms in general. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know and, but I had to get past that initial term because, you know, you have to sort of think of what that you know, what the, what the underlying definitions are. Mm-hmm. And I find that that's just a, a silly stereotype. Yes, you know? absolutely. There's lots of silly stereotypes in the world, but definitely that, you know, gamers are socially inept, you know, guys living in their mom's basements. Yeah, definitely, see, that's the thing. That's definitely why out there. Get, get games with girls, uh, with female leads in them, mm-hmm. because people think that these are just guys. Mm-hmm. Or, or we'll get a female with, with big busts and a tiny waist and a big butt and, you know, that's supposed to be, you know, strength, strength, uh, badassery isn't always packaged in something pretty and, 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 and voluptuous or, or, or strong and buff. Right. You could be a really tiny and be a super, super, like a superhero. And, and we got to start getting games that, that enhance that. It's not necessarily right. just brawn. Sometimes hmm. it's knowing which bu- button to push and when to push it. Right. Or knowing oh, how to unlock yeah. something or knowing, yes. you know, the, the right spell at the right time to cast to, you know. Or can I infiltrate mm-hmm. and, and not be discovered and get intel that you need? Right. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things I loved about the character creator at, in um, City of Heroes was uh, yes. that had the most dynamic and most creative, most interesting. Um, it was almost overwhelming. <laughs> the choices you had in City of Heroes and I mean, size and you could be really small, but you'd still have all the same powers as a big character did. I thought that was great. Yeah, I did play City of Heroes. I forgot about that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to name a game that Palace has not played. <laughs> oh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. You know, I have, yeah. have you tried Neverwinter? No, I have not tried that. See, look. See? <laughs> I got it. I win. Oh, that was a short game. What do I win? <laughs> I think 
you might, I won't, you know, I understand if you, you know, you're not doing MMOs, but you might, you might like Neverwinter because it's a very, it's a very action oriented game style, um, and mm-hmm. how you play and how you play the characters. And so it might be something that you'd enjoy. Okay. So, just I'm as curious, what, um, do you tell very many people that you play games? It depends, but see, for the most part, it'll slip out, you know, like I'll start screaming about Krogan at work or something like that. <laughs> and, um, but what, what tends to be the reaction is first off, there's an age group thing. Um, and the fact in, uh, sex thing, you know, I'm female and most yeah. of the people that I come across in my age group that play these type games are male. And I can talk to them. I've run across some of them and I've talked to them about it. I've even gamed with some of them. Some of them are people, you know, um, but as far as, Females, what tends to happen in the general public, the non-technology oriented world is, I may mention something I know when I was playing WoW, I would say something like, oh yeah, you know, I can't go to this other event that we're going to go to because I already have a commitment and they might ask what and I'll say, oh, I have a raid at eight o'clock and then they'll look (laughs) at me, you know, I'll get the slow blink and then they'll make some sort of (laughs) age related comment like, oh yeah, my my nine-year-old nephew plays that or my teenage son plays that And, and, and I noticed that most of the time, it's a juvenile age. You know, it's not huh. never anybody saying my 25-year-old nephew plays that. Right. And it's usually a male that, they're, that right. they're saying. So I'm like a unicorn to them. They're like, mm-hmm. what? You know, something's wrong with you. Did you bend <laughs> one of your X chromosomes or something? You know, and, you know, I just, you know, take it in stride because what am I going to say to that? Yeah. 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 But they don't quite know how to communicate with you after that. No. I've had a, you're, you're right. I've, I've had a lot of walk-offs after that, you know, because wow. I, I might not be, I might, there might be something wrong with me because I have this interest. Right. Well, I have interest in Monty Python and all kinds of other things. And I even have a holy hand grenade, but you know, <laughs> Hey, yeah, <laughs> think about this. You know? <laughs> you know, I get, I get the same, same kind of thing. Um, being an English teacher, you know, a university English professor and telling my students that I'm a gamer and that I know games. And sometimes they just look at you with that, you know, turn their heads to the side. Like you just made, you know, a noise like a dog does sometimes like yeah. looking at you, like, what are you? The and, Scooby. uh, yeah, exactly. The Scooby, exactly. Yeah. The Scooby look like what, you know, you do what? And, uh, it's, it's always fun for me to kind of break that, that idea down in terms yeah. of, yeah, you know, I can be who I am standing in front of this classroom and do this as well. And sometimes it's a shock for <laughs> my students. I had a class full of high school students in a running start program who are still in high school, but taking college classes. Uh-huh. And they just could not accept that I knew <laughs> all this stuff about gaming. See, me, if I had been presented with an English teacher like that or any university level teacher, it had been like, okay, drinks are on me. We're going to go and we're going to just talk a little bit about what... Yeah you know, what your experiences are. Yeah, well, I've, I've had that experience, too, with with other students that, you know, my th- that, that class in particular was, they were just not cool. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, they may have been <laughs> in high school, and they may have been young and, you know, energetic and all that, but they were not cool, because I was, like, bringing up, you know, Avengers references and all kinds of stuff to, like, all these cool things that were just about to come out, and they're, like, looking at me like I'm crazy, and I'm like, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Man, it's horrible when your best material just like tanks like that. You Seriously. Get <laughs> Went in one day and I'm like the Avengers trailer had just come out and I was so excited and I was asking them and they're looking at me like I was nuts. And I'm like, Dang, you guys are the demographic for this. I mean, seriously. <laughs> well, so they blew that stereotype way out of the water. They did. Yeah. <laughs> did anybody yeah. ask like, what's a Thor? Because that would have been like, oh, man. 
they were they were just like you know completely unaware of of what it was at all and i was wow. like you've seen the like movies right and they're kind of like oh they're all right i guess and i was like okay what all right yeah See, if my english teacher had been a little bit of a geek i think i might have liked english better yeah exactly <laughs> Hey, you you, know, you mentioned some... Marvel a couple of times. Are you a comic book person too, Palace? Me? Oh yeah. I I had a subscription to Marvel comics. I so I had Thor, Ms. Marvel, um, the Fantastic No Marvel Team Up, and What If. I think were the ones that I had. I even had the Defenders and the Avengers at one time. You know, right before they went bankrupt. Um, so yeah, I had my nice comics delivered to my house. Wow. <laughs> A direct line. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I grew up on that. And one of my um, older cousins, he was all into it. So he let me, you know, read his, you know, under supervision, of course, so that I didn't mess him up. And we would have hours of conversation about lore. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's just awesome. Well, I, I, I am always the one that has to be the bad guy and cut the conversation off. But I could already tell that we could probably talk for two hours about about games and yeah, absolutely. geekery with Palace and, mm-hmm. and just do this all over again. But Palace, we're really, really so glad that you said yes to be on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. And I have to say that I really appreciate this podcast and what you ladies are doing because, you know, this is something that's of interest to me. And it's good to hear other people of, of like mine, you know, just coming out and saying, okay, here's what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. With this. You no, know, thank I love you. It. Thank you. We appreciate hearing that. That's uh, yeah. that was the the mission that I set out with when I decided to do this. I was like, I need, we need to be having these conversations. People need to hear this stuff. Well, this is our wrap segment where we tell you what we've been watching, reading, and playing. Regina. There's a trickling of new shows that have been coming out in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, now, are you watching anything new? Or are you still streaming um, older se- older seasons of shows? I'm still streaming older seasons of shows right now. Um, I've started with a new, a new show that I just started watching. That's called uh, White Collar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've if you've seen it or you've watched it, um, but I know I've, what it is. But I, you know, I finally concluded recently that I'm I'm just not into that many dramas. Uh yeah, yeah. No, it's you know, it it reminds me a little bit, although differently, of Leverage, where um you know the main character is a con artist who you know takes up this agreement to work with the FBI in solving cases in exchange for the four four years he has left to to serve on his sentence. So um, it, it kind of reminds me of kind of the bad guy gone good deal. Yeah. So but that is not at all what I thought the show was about. Yeah. So it's it's essentially he helps the FBI guy that he works with learn how to run cons on bad guys to get them to, you know, to get, you know, solve cases and fix things and all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit like burn notice as well. A little bit like burn notice as well. Yeah, it's got a it's got elements of, of sort of other shows in it. Um, and it's. Uh, it's, it takes place in New York City, so there's lots of landmarks. And he's uh, the con guy is an artist, and he's also, you know, outrageously good looking. He played um, it's the same actor who played um, on Chuck, who was um, uh, Sarah's first partner. Okay, Bryce Larkin. He played Bryce Larkin. I can't. I don't know the actor's name because I'm horrible with names. Um, but he was he was that small part, and I guess this is the show that kind of came out of that for him. 
So, um, yeah. Do you like it? I do. I really, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. I, it's And it's kind of fun that it's in New York and it's kind of all these like gorgeous locations and these gorgeous interiors for all these like high class places that they do all these like takedowns and stuff. So it's it's been pretty fun to watch. Cool. Yeah. So have you been checking out the new shows? Yeah, just actually just one so far. Um, Intelligence on CBS. Um, they had their pilot episode mm-hmm. two weeks ago, I think, or something like that. And it wasn't bad. It actually, it I actually spent a lot of time while I was watching it thinking about all of the technology and the way that they were using it. And, you know, um, um, instead of immediately saying, you can't do that, <laughs> I actually started thinking, okay, how would you do that? Right. Is right. that possible? And um, I actually, it... it Thinking of it that way, actually, I really enjoyed the show. And besides the fact that I cannot believe it has taken this long to get Josh Holloway on a TV show. <laughs> and, I mean, from Lost, I figure the number one bad boy image right. now established on with by Josh Holloway, why has it taken so long to get him on a, on a on show? On a show, yeah. And um, it's a pretty good fit for him. I the, the roles still seem to be a little stereotypical. I'm hoping they're going to work with those a bit. But he actually has a bodyguard, hmm. um, a DE, a, a Secret Service agent who is a female. And in the first episode, she takes a bullet. Oh, yeah, interesting. So that dynamic's going to be interesting, especially yeah. since um, apparently he, um, the character has either a wife or a girlfriend. I think it's a wife who uh, supposedly was dead, hmm. and he's in search of her. Oh. So will they create a romantic relationship between him and the bodyguard, or will they leave that alone? Please, please, please leave it alone, <laughs> and just make them really. Uh, a great co-working pair. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how that unfolds. Oh, and yeah, I, I didn't mean to, to wax so long about that. Cause I wanted to mention killer women mm-hmm. um, just real quickly. <clears throat> I have not been watching this. I'm not quite sure how long it's been on. Uh, it's on ABC. Um, you know it because uh, Trisha Helfer is on it, who is mm. one of the um, sexiest sci-fi women. Yeah. Uh, she played number six on Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And in the show, she plays a Texas Ranger. And I think she is well cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very difficult role to have a woman cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other good thing is that Mark Lucas is on there. And I've been watching for him for years and years and years because he was uh, Riley yes, Buffy. on Buffy. Yeah, yeah. And wondering, please, you know, I wanted his career to keep going. I right. wanted him to get onto something. And lo and behold, the lucky son of a gun is uh, Trisha Helf- Helfer's uh, boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty that's, awesome. I'm sure that's an amazing pairing. <laughs> I think it works good. Yeah. I think it works really good. Yeah. And um, so, fun fact I didn't know, of course... We, we all know Trisha is an extremely tall right. woman. 
Yeah. But I did not know that uh, Mark Lucas is an extremely tall man. Mm-hmm. So they're not having to make any adjustments for height in the show. Yeah, if you look at some of the Buffy episodes, you can see, because Sarah Michelle Gellar is not... Well, she is so short. She's really tiny, yeah. That everybody looks tall. So I don't <laughs> think I noticed. I, I just don't think I noticed. Well, if you look at um, the episode where he comes back with his wife... Okay. And you see how she compares to him... And yeah, you can you can get right, an idea. That's what I'll go back and look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did you start any new reading this year yet? I have not. This is like one of the first times in my life I can actually say I'm not reading a book right now. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I usually go through phases. Yeah. Um, but I've I've gotten into a habit to where I have to read before I go to bed. So, yeah. but at the new year, I mean, there's so many other things that we're, everybody's trying to get started. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. So. Yeah, I just I just slipped right off, and uh, I haven't I haven't downloaded anything. I haven't looked at anything on my Kindle. I have tons of suggestions for things that I want to read. I have suge- some great suggestions from listeners and from you and from our rap se- you know segments where we've been talking about things to read, and I have like all this curiosity about it, but I have just not committed yeah. to <laughs> sitting yeah. down and picking out a new book to read right now. So. Um, and we've gotten some uh, comments on the website, actually, too, with our, um, you know, our favorites, our favorites episode. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, so we have a whole, I have a whole list of things to go back on there and check and that I just haven't gotten back to as well. So, yeah, everybody, if you don't know already, Regina is the social media person. <laughs> and I'm not, I can't keep up with it. So she passes your messages along to me, but yes. I get them. I swear yeah. I get them. Yeah, I, well, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually our intern, Isabella, is helping with that now, too. So she's. Uh, she's oh, taking on doing Isabella. some stuff. Yes, I know. My 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 favorite. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So she's helping with some of that and um, helping with the Facebook page and with the Twitter a little bit. So um, so you'll be seeing co- a post from both of us now. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm still reading Shift, which I actually started um, at the beginning of the year. And it's partially going slow because of everything I just said. You know, yeah. new year, new yeah. job, new Lots stuff. Other stuff, yeah. But I'm also just, I'm having a trouble with this trilogy. Hmm. And I think it is because, um, to me, the story, it just seems so hopeless. Mm -hmm. Um, There is nothing in there that I feel like I'm going to have a happy ending about. Mm. And I tried to compare that. It's like, okay, well, you know, you pick up something like, um, uh, what was the uh, Truman Capote book? Um, In Cold Blood? Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't have a happy ending, right? But I read it anyway and enjoyed it, but that's because I knew, right? Right, I you, knew you had that expectation on. of it. And there's a different approach mm-hmm. to the story, the right. story more is why, right? Well, right now, I've got all those questions, I don't know what the ending is. All I know is that absolutely everything they're doing right now doesn't matter, huh? Because it it's just not going to matter in the end, hmm. and there there sh- I feel like there should be some sort of string of hope in there or something that yeah tells something to me, keep you keep you to the story <laughs> yeah because right now I just all these people I'm reading about I just don't want to get invested in them because yeah. I know that they're just going to end yeah so no it's definitely a complicated story and mm-hmm. it's an emotional story I, I I understand why that it's um, it's well written but. Mm-hmm. It's been tough to get through. Yeah. And that's well, hard about, sometimes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you playing anything? I am, actually. I have been playing a little bit more than I have um, over the past few weeks. Um, I got some time in on a much-anticipated game that I found at PAX Prime. Uh, I got to play some Lily Looking Through. Oh! Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. um, uh, The Jessica at Gita Games sent me a review copy. Mm. So um, I was able to download it. And I, I did that last week and I was going through it. And as we were talking about mist during the interview today, I was thinking of Lily because Aww. it is very mist like there's lots of, uh, you know, problem solving and, and such going through as you're as you're playing with it. So it's uh it's really and it's beautiful i mean it's just an absolutely gorgeous game (laughs) oh that is so cool so i got to play a little bit of that i also played another game um i got a controller for christmas i got a um uh, arcade controller or you know like an xbox controller for my pc so i could play some of the pc games i have that need a controller like that that i couldn't really manipulate well with the, the keyboard um, so I went back and started playing Beat Buddy, which I think I had talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just love that game. It's adorable. The Again, it's another, you know, puzzle-solving game. Um, so much easier to manipulate with a controller than it was the keyboard. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous how much more enjoyable it was. So I played that. And I, I started, just last night, I downloaded a new um, matching game for my iPad. Uh-oh. What did you get? <laughs> it's called Seven Elements. Oh, and, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was a uh, uh, oh god, I read an article and I can't even remember where it was that I read it. I'll have to look it up. It might have been Joystick, but I'm not sure. Um, that was like uh, if you want to ditch your Candy Crush addiction, here are some alternatives for you to play <laughs> along the same line. And so it listed a whole bunch of other games that were matching games and Seven Elements was one of them. And what the commentary had said for Seven Elements was if you want to take your matching game to a new level, this is the game to play. And one of the reasons for that is you can touch multiple gems at the same time. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Oh, is right. You can have up to three fingers on the screen <gasps> matching gems at the same time. No, stop talking. Just stop <laughs> talking. Stop. I played it nonstop for an hour. Oh, Regina, you're killing me. It is so good. It is. So, it's hard. It's hard. You know, it's really hard because you have to look for the patterns differently because it's like you can take gems that are on, you know, two different levels in two different spaces and pull them down or, you know, up and down and, and make a row of four or five that way um which is which is a completely different pattern than you've ever seen in any of those kind of matching games um i still have i have not figured out how to do three i haven't done any that are three yet (laughs) and it's still a timed game so it is i think it's about a minute it doesn't have a counter on it so you don't see the time counting down um but it is it's good you're gonna have to check it out Rhonda. i see you got me so distracted oh (laughs) I'm looking games up on my Kindle right now. <laughs> it's the number seven elements, and the, and it's and that's the theme of the game. Um, the the uh, gems that you're dropping are like there's a fire one and a rock one and a tree and all these different things. And when you match four of them, you get like a special gem, and then all those special gems explode in different ways. Um, in the you know. Uh, in the sense of their element. So like yeah, yeah. the the cloud one will make rain will make it rain. <laughs> it clears so out the level uh, clears out all the gems below it because it rains and all those gems wash away. 
So, and the raw and the fire, you know, burns everything up. And there's a purple gem that turns all the other purple gems. When you get a four of those and then you match the four, the special gem, it turns all the purple gems on the board to fire. So, kind of interesting. Well, I think the timing of this is very interesting. Is it? Since I, I see in your notes a, l- a little note there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say what it is because I want you to tell me why it says that there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pr- probably first of January, I quit playing Candy Crush. Was it a solution? <laughs> uh, no. No. I was, I was casually enjoying Candy Crush. I never felt like I was addicted crazy about playing the next level like everybody else was. Uh-huh. It was something that I could so easily just sit down. Of course, I just love playing with my Kindle anyway. Right. right. Um, just sit down and play a level. But I am at a level 117, and that's probably the highest level I've ever been on anything. But it's getting to the point to where to win is just dumb luck. Mm. I don't feel like that I can figure out a strategy to get past the level. I feel like that the 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 dice just have to roll all sixes and I don't, I don't like playing that. It's no fun. Exactly. Um, I spent a lot of time on this particular level. I'm sure there's tons of people that are past it. Um, but I've, I've just met, I'm at my point of frustration. It's like, eh, it's not fun anymore. Yeah. So I went out and downloaded free versions of the tried and true solitaire and spider. Mm. And those are right now, my little quick games. Right. And the things you kind of go yeah. to. Yeah. I just sit down. Quick. I can start a game anywhere, anytime. And I can also just drop it. I yeah. don't, don't have to finish it. I can just drop it. And that's kind of what I like having. <clears throat> I like having one of those. That's my backup games. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's how I am too. And I wanted something new. That's why when I saw that article, I was like, oh, this is great. And then I was looking for seven elements on my phone and I'm not sure if it's because I have a, a, 4s but i couldn't actually get it on my phone i had to get it on my ipad but then once i did i was glad i did because with the multiple fingers it's nice to have that extra space yeah oh yeah yeah well if if plants versus zombies will ever come out for the kindle yeah it'll it'll replace that for sure yeah yeah right now that's it i got i got games for christmas though so i can't wait to load those up yeah i still have a bunch of steam games i want to get into but oh man i haven't had a whole lot of time that was one of the reasons why i really wanted to get into beat buddy a little bit more now that i have the ability to play it and um and i've been wanting to play lily since since i saw since i first saw and fell in love with her yeah and if anybody wants to send me one of those controllers i can use when i play steam (laughs) i would love it Oh, I, you'd be dangerous if you had a controller yes. in Steam. <laughs> it would, oh, it'd be so awesome. Yeah, that would be. Your your Left for Dead game would be out of control, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, Left for Dead. Oh, it's so much fun. I know it is. Well, we love to know what you've been watching, reading, and playing, especially if uh, we haven't mentioned it on the show before. And we do, we do read that. Like I was mentioning earlier, Regina actually sent me a uh, message we got from Carlo, mm-hmm. who brought up that um, alien isolation. Yes. And 
Assassin's Creed Liberation yeah. is coming out, and they have female protagonists. They do. Both of them have female protagonists, and they look fantastic. You know. Oh my God, Alien looks so good. It does. As soon as he, as soon as I saw that link, I'm like, Oh, Rhonda's going to be all over this. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love the way the guy described it when he was talking about how they wanted to remain true to the uh, the first movie. Right. And not just a shooter. There is one alien. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And yeah, they said they said that we just wanted to be terrifying, isolate, isolating, and claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good time for you. It was really, it was really <laughs> beautiful. So we're gonna, um, we'll definitely put the link up on the site so you guys can go out and watch yep. the video. It looks good. You've been listening to Game on Girl. You can find all our social media connections on our website, gameongirl.com. I'm the co-host Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at Row Room, that's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M, or email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, says you can find me on Twitter and Steam, uh, since I actually have some time to Steam game these days. <laughs> uh, huge, huge thanks to Palace Langford for joining us on the show today. Uh, what a fantastic conversation. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you guys enjoyed it as much as we did having it. <laughs> Yeah, and we want to be sure and let all of our listeners know that our 100th episode is coming up. It is episode 97 right now. Um, And so we've got a couple more and then we're going to be doing 100. And we are having Ryan, our fearless podcast editor, and Mark, one of our fearless writers for the Mm -hmm. set, interview us for the show. So um, send your questions. You can email them to to Rhonda. You can email them to me, Regina, at GameOnGirl.com. Um, you can hit us up on our Twitter. You can hit me up on my Twitter. You can hit our Facebook page. Wherever you want to leave your questions, please feel free. And we will be incorporating your feedback into that episode. Yep. 100 feels like a lot. That's a... It's quite a milestone here. <laughs> yeah, but it just it just seems like yesterday when we got I started. I know. Can you imagine? I, I think back, too, because, like, the first episode, it was just me. I didn't yeah. see you yet. So, yeah. Lots and all those fun. all those episodes are, are loaded up on the site. So if you want to go back and, and experience yeah. the history of Game on Girl, they are all available on GameOnGirl.com. <laughs> so you can only get the most the 20 most recent, I think, on Stitcher and iTunes. Um, but all of the episodes are available on Game Oh, okay, good, good. So you have to you have to go to the website to get the older episodes. So and as always we'd love your feedback. So Game on Girl, as I said, is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming and a podcast lounge for windows phones these links along with references made in the show can be found on our website gameongirl.com this podcast is edited by ryan broom at desert tree media and the theme song good day by triple fox is used under a creative commons attribution license thanks so much for listening and until next time game on game on